0: This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Sarah Bonstein, CFO of Avaxis. You are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 287. as a finance leader are you how driving change in organization how are you driving change within your organization in this episode we speak with amit singhi cfo of flare systems there's three key
1: ones first is around people development how do we attract onboard train develop reward advance and retain talent which is which is uh, very critical Uh, Second is driving a mindset change to more analytics and forecast accuracy, and then partner with the operations to drive improved business performance. And the third one would be maintaining a very high morale, having highly motivated, driven employees with open, transparent, honest,
0: two-way communication. Listen to our complete interview with Amit after these words from our sponsor. It's a question every growing business must answer. How do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk? Sage Intac provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making when scale is top of mind. By automating error-prone manual tasks – and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intact provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Hello, we're speaking to Amit Singhi, CFO of Flare Systems. A manufacturer of advanced sensors for use in such technologies as thermal imaging systems, visible light imaging systems, locator systems as well. Prior to Flare, Amit was CFO of Ford South America and later CFO of Ford's Global Customer Service Division. Amit, welcome. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you with us. For those listeners who might not be familiar with FLIR Systems, it is a, a member of the S&P 500 with, you know, more than $1.5 billion in revenue today. So I'll, I mention that because we're, we're certainly intrigued by this type of innovative manufacturer. And at the same time, Amit spent 20 years inside one of the world's most storied companies with roots that run so deep in American history that we can't help but be intrigued. So we have a big challenge here trying to encapsulate some of what you uh, you experienced, Amit, along the way. But let me begin by asking you to share some of the experiences you feel to help prepare you, Amit, for a CFO role.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jack. Uh, you know, um, as I think about this, uh, you know, when I joined Ford, in manufacturing finance um, several years ago, the company's sole focus on cost management was around labor and overhead budgets. There was no report that showed the total actual cost of manufacturing a vehicle. That was one of my earlier assignments to develop uh, what we called a total cost report under the leadership of a senior finance leader. What I learned in that assignment was how to be a change agent. Um, What it takes to develop something from scratch, train the organization around its usage, and then drive a change in mindset and focus from managing budgets to managing total bottom line cost. How you think outside the box, never take no for an answer, keep pushing and driving forward, and overcome barriers. Realize never to give up, and when there is a roadblock, there is always another play. Another assignment I had mid-career was on an M&A opportunity. Uh, we were contemplating a strategic alliance with Caterpillar to provide service part logistics, technology, and services. I was the finance lead for the first six months involved in financial modeling, due diligence, and deal valuation. After we signed the MOU, the executive director and champion of the transaction, asked me to assume the overall lead role to run and manage the deal process, to be the operating lead, to manage not only finance, but also the operational HR and legal teams to finalize due diligence, deal documents, and negotiation with Caterpillar. This role taught me how to lead cross-functional teams, especially people who don't work for you, are your superiors, and are not even in your function to influence them and to drive consensus, not only internally, but also with an external partner to drive to win-win solutions. This is a key role of finance to influence the business for improved performance. A third assignment I will mention is, is when we moved to Brazil to be the CFO of Ford South America. It was a very challenging but also satisfying experience on a professional as well as personal level. It taught me how to adapt to different countries, different cultures, different business processes, different industry environments, including government affairs, currency controls, inflation and volatility, and how to appreciate and respect the diversity and be successful in a global context and leading a global organization. Also, overall, through my time at Ford Finance, I learned the importance of focusing on people development.
0: Wow. Well, you covered a lot of ground there, Amit. I, I I just wanted to step back and ask about that uh total cost of production uh uh plan that you created and and what exactly what was the impact of that? It, what were the real takeaways that you recall from that?
1: Yeah, it's it's it was it was something, you know, more of a, a mindset change. You know, it was uh um, can't recall of any epiphanies or you know specifics aha's, but it was more about, hey, you know, rather than managing budgets and saying how well I'm doing relative to my, my labor and overhead budget, what is the actual cost and is that really going down over time or not? Because what we found was there were plants and factories that were doing extremely well on managing budgets, but their total bottom line cost was actually going in, in the wrong way. And uh, that's where, you know, the the power of this report was to really focus on the actual cost of of producing and building vehicles uh, rather than, um, you know, delivering the the budgets that were established.
0: Now, when you leave Ford, you go to Fleur Systems. Now, this is not a small company. This is a pretty sophisticated manufacturer as well. However, it's not the global proportions Mm -hmm. that Ford has. What is it? the type of job you want to create at FLIR? Yeah. So when I joined FLIR Systems as the
1: CFO, the finance function was not broken. It was functioning fine in the day-to-day blocking and tackling. However, there were definitely opportunities to take it to the next level. While I did not want to create chaos and fear by driving sudden unplanned change, I also wanted to first learn the new business. I wanted to maintain the lean structure and some level of nimbleness, but at the same time, bring in more process discipline and consistency, but not the bureaucracy. And to do it in a thoughtful, organized manner by driving alignment and buy-in and ownership amongst the teams. I also saw gaps in people development, analytics, and business partnership driving improved performance, as well as better management of risk, which have been my areas of um, uh, focus areas of change.
0: One would imagine as a CFO of an entity this size, you were able to be more influential, able to drive change more effectively than, say, at ford which was so large had so many different processes and systems can you can you draw a comparison for us in terms of your influence as a cfo
1: so no, absolutely you know FLIR is is a much smaller organization it's it's a, it's a much younger company more nimble much much more small much smaller than uh, than ford and that did provide me the opportunity to get my, hand, my arms around the business and be able to uh, affect and influence and drive change uh, a lot faster um, than, than uh, possible at, at, at a much larger, larger organization like Ford.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the competitive landscape out there for Flare Systems products and uh, what exactly is Flair's competitive edge today?
1: Right, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question. Yes, uh, FLIR Systems is a global leader in providing intelligent sensing solutions. Our vision is to be the world's sixth sense. We are pioneers in thermal technology, technology that allows you to see the heat. Thermal technology allows you to see in total darkness, to see through obscurance, to measure temperature without touching the object, and not only see, but identify objects, animals, and people, and to be able to trigger actions based on the heat signature. We have taken the same technology that is available in high-end military systems that are sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars and allow you to see in the dark, and have made it available at much lower size, weight, and cost, so that we could really develop a variety of commercial and consumer products that allow you to see in the dark and identify moisture, overheating, insulation, and other problems with applications in home inspection and preventative maintenance, instrumentation, factory automation, security systems, boating applications, drone applications, firefighting cameras, smartphone attachments that convert your iPhone and Android-based phones into thermal imagers as well as now embedded in a smartphone, the CAT S60. We are at the forefront of moving this technology to new frontiers.
0: Now, can you share with us what are the, uh, the metrics that you really pay close attention to today at Flare Systems? What are, the, what's, what are the, those metrics you look at before you have your first cup of coffee in the morning?
1: So we are, we are focused on order growth which drives top-line revenue growth, which is a key focus area for a high-tech company. At the same time, we have a laser-like focus on margin expansion and corresponding EPS growth. Additionally, we are relentless in driving operating cash improvements by better working capital management. Recently, we've also introduced a return on invested capital metric to drive focus on shareholder value creation. It's it's a pretty standard metric, so it's not something that we created. But including that in our vernacular, including that as a compensation metric, that was something that we that we introduced um, when when I when I uh, got there. But it's not you know the the metric exists in the the financial you know uh, systems and it's used elsewhere. So it's not something new from that standpoint. But it's something that in order to drive focus on better management of capital and better returns for shareholders, we introduced that as one of the the compensation metrics.
0: Now, Amit, would you have a story of a time in your finance career when you had what we like to call a finance strategic moment, which is really a moment of strategic insight that later allowed you to either point the organization in a new direction or identify an opportunity? What comes to mind?
1: Yeah, so, you know, when I joined FLIR Systems, uh, my first 100 days were all about immersing myself in the business, Uh, meeting all the senior operating and functional leaders, meeting my teams, all the board members, external industry experts, investors, analysts, as well as visiting the various global sites that we had so that I could really understand the state of the business and form my first-hand impressions on areas of strengths as well as areas of opportunities. One of my learnings was the gap in analytics. We as in finance were very focused on accounting but not as much on analysis. We provided the numbers but not the analysis and the insights behind the numbers to be able to really identify the gap drivers and influence action. So one of my key areas of focus has been around analytics. We've, we've been working on enhancing the data and the analytics we provide senior management as well as to the board. Now, instead of solely providing financial statements to the board, like income statements, balance sheets, and cash flows, we also provide analysis. We provide variance drivers. What happened to the numbers and why? What is driving the change, whether it is volume, Segment mix, product mix, exchange, pricing, cost performance, etc., thereby pinpointing areas of good and bad performance and consequently driving improvement plans. We're also providing more consistent and well defined financial performance metrics around ROIC, DSO, DPO, DIO, cash conversion cycles, etc. The reaction from the board has been outstanding, very appreciative and complimentary of the financial package and insights provided, something they had not had before. But it is a journey. It's a work in progress with more to do. We're presently working on taking this to the next level with a focus on detailed cost analysis to identify cost performance and variances to standards and drivers of the same, as well as enhanced operational metrics. We're on a journey to elevate the business analytics and insights provided by the finance team to raise the overall performance and, more, and move towards our vision of excellence and business partnership.
0: Give us a sense of what's required here in terms of collaboration with, well, IT, obviously. What, what, how, how's that collaboration happening?
1: What we're in the midst of doing with the IT team is actually incorporating and programming some of these in the existing tool set that we have. So we're we're on that journey. We haven't quite completed that yet, but the intent is to program uh, a number of these analyses uh, right into the systems and the tools that we have.
0: Okay. I know another journey that you're on has to do with talent development and bringing... Uh, some new talent development initiatives into flair what would you share with us in terms of the organization's workforce and your priorities as a finance leader today there's three key ones first is around people development
1: how do we attract onboard train develop reward advance and retain talent which is which is uh, very critical Uh, Second is driving a mindset change to more analytics and forecast accuracy, and then partner with the operations to drive improved business performance. And the third one would be maintaining a very high morale, having highly motivated, driven employees with open, transparent, honest, two-way communications.
0: Okay, now you emphasized how data analytics is becoming uh, tightly aligned, uh, with the organization and its strategy, as far as the finance team though is concerned, are you seeking out uh, team members today that have more you know data analytics uh knowledge
1: yeah it's it's uh it's what it's really more about you know it, it's as i said it's not um it's not rocket science it's not something it's not the sophisticated you know ai artificial intelligence data mining. Uh, type, uh, we're not at that level yet. It's really more basic. You know, it's really more understanding you know, if your margin changed, what's driving that margin change? Is it Did you change the price? Did you uh, produce more vehicles? Was there more cost that went into it? What happened to the mix? So some of these things are really more about really being curious about the business and really peeling the onion to understand the why, not just the what. And, and I'm starting from that, that level, right, to really kind of peel back and, and really understand the business and then be able to synthesize and explain that with a view to influencing the business. That's, that's where we're starting. Once we get that foundation built, then we build upon that for more sophisticated um, data analytics and data mining.
0: Are you looking for different skills than you were maybe five years ago, and maybe you were at Ford then, but at the same time, the people you want to add to your finance team today, Amit, are, are they are they the same set of skills that you've always looked for, or you, are you looking for different types of people? We
1: are moving and evolving, as I said, from the more, you know, steward and operator roles to more of a catalyst and, and strategist role. And what you need is you need leaders who are uh, both, you know, not just the accounting, you know, fundamentals, but also uh, analysis, you know, and analytics. And then beyond the uh, analytics, it's really the influencing and partnering piece, right? Kind of seeing ahead, looking around the curve, around the corner, anticipating, seeing the trends, understanding the business deeply, and then working with the operations to help shape the future direction to really adapt the performance and then really uh, um, you know, be disruptive and drive change. And, and that comes from a lot beyond just keeping the books right and just the accounting piece. That's required, obviously, uh, to, to be compliant and report the, the numbers accurately, but what's, that's really the price of entry. That's, that's no longer sufficient. It's necessary, but it's no longer sufficient. So it, we need a lot more on beyond the sort of the transactional and the compliance to more analysis, influence, drive, partnership, vision, and
0: strategy. Now, are there certain metrics that you are paying close attention to when it comes to talent development and management?
1: Um, Again, this is something that, um, you know, the, the intent is how do we, you know, onboard, how do we attract, onboard, train, develop, reward, advance, and retain talent? Uh, what I would say is that it's really still, you know, very rudimentary. You know, we look at, you know, simple things like attrition, but that's a very, very basic metric. Um, what we are in, in the process of looking at is to develop more in terms of, you know, what are the rotational plans, employee satisfaction. 360-degree feedback, uh, the rotations and competency maps and development plans, uh, what were the number of promotions we've made, and global and diverse segment experiences. So um, these are some of the things that, that um, you know, are, are the plans to try and look at. But again, in terms of overall people development, it's, it's pretty early days uh, at FLIR in terms
0: of uh, the metrics that we look at. Okay. We'll now move to our mentoring round, where we ask you several quick questions intended to inspire and mentor aspiring finance leaders. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today?
1: What I would say is the, the evolving role that finance plays and the, the multifaceted roles that finance plays. You know, as, as we discussed earlier, you know the traditional role, if you think about the CFO, has been more of uh, an operator, you know, running an efficient and effective organization and a steward, which is, you know, minimizing risk and getting the books right and compliance. But that's kind of evolving to more of a catalyst role, which is instilling, you know, a finance approach and mindset in the rest of the organization, instilling business acumen, as well as being a strategist and help shape overall company strategy and direction. So, it's not only being the CFO, but also being the COO and the right-hand person and a business partner to the CEO. And that's, that's very exciting in terms of the role uh, that finance plays in, in, in a company, in an enterprise.
0: Well, what is that piece of information that you wish someone had shared with you at the start of your CFO career? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, at Ford Finance, um, while the norm
1: – was uh, you know we would have rotations every 12 to 24 months most of the desired functions were operational finance and fpna related functions the core cfo technical functions if you will like accounting audit treasury tax external reporting and investor relations were not as widely promoted and hence not attractive to young and upcoming finance professionals as I progressed on to CFO roles either at a function business unit or company level I realized that these are the core skills that are required in addition to operational finance support and FP&A. Okay.
0: Is there a personal habit you believe has contributed to your professional success? There's
1: there's been, you know, a few principles that I've tried to live by and and really really drive home in terms of the leadership style uh, and in terms of the people that, that I look to, to bring on. And I would say that's a positive attitude, a passion for the business, a relentless pursuit of excellence, an intense focus on people, and above all, having fun along the way. You know, you, you spend way too many of your uh, waking hours at work, uh, so it's very important that you really enjoy whatever you're
0: doing. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? One book that I'm, uh, that I'm reading now is actually
1: pretty interesting. It's called The Outsiders by William Thorndike. It's, uh, it's about eight unconventional CEOs and their radically different um, blueprint for success.
0: Okay, nice selection. Now, just to reflect on your own experience, I would suspect that Fleur Systems has given you more uh, first-hand experience uh, compared to your career at Ford when it comes to CEO-CFO uh, collaboration.
1: What I would say is that, you know, throughout your career um, – as a finance professional in whatever you're doing, whether you start as an analyst, as a supervisor, a manager, a director, a VP, uh, there is always a corresponding business partner. To me, there's always a corresponding CEO. So when you might be a plant controller at, at a factory, there is a plant general manager who's responsible for running that factory. That is the CEO and you're the CFO for that operation. Same thing for a business unit, right? When I was at uh, Ford South America, there was a president of the operation, and I was the CFO. And and the president to me is the CEO. Uh, when I was running Ford Customer Service Division Finance, there was the head of uh, Global Ford Customer Service Division, and I was the corresponding finance lead. So what I would what I would argue is that there is always a an operating head that you're supporting, and that person whether it's a plant manager, a general manager, a president, that's the CEO you're supporting as the CFO. And what's important here is, you know, in terms of the the book is, as I mentioned, the, the evolving role of finance being a partner to your operating head, whether it's the CEO, the president, whoever it might be. And it's really to work hand in hand with that operating colleague to see how you drive improved business performance. And what's really important here, in, for example, in this book is you know, how these different CEOs thought about the business, approached the business, and what were their strategies to create value and really learning from that, and you know, which is very important uh, because, again, as I said, uh, your role as a CFO is to be a business partner to improve overall shareholder value.
0: Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. For the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit slash middle market. Okay, I wanted to add one uh, sort of special mentoring round question for you, admit, uh, in light of. Uh, your experience abroad at some point in time in your career, you must have been f- given a choice uh, of having this opportunity to be the finance leader of South America for Ford. I know it uh, required a relocation. What would you tell other finance leaders who are uh, being given such a, an opportunity or a decision uh, about facing a decision about such an opportunity?
1: My, my advice is jump on it. It is a, a critical piece of your development, uh, not only on a professional basis, but also on a personal level. These days, we have a, a global enterprise, global organizations. The world is becoming a small, smaller place, lots of interconnectedness across the globe, and we're managing in, in a global environment, You know, whatever your enterprise might be. And it's very important to understand um, the global context. It's very important to understand different cultures and how different people think and operate and what drives different people. And the the, the best way to really learn that is not by sitting in in the U.S. It's really by being part of that environment. And that was a fantastic experience for for us, uh, both on a professional and a personal level for me and my entire family, to be based in Brazil, to see a different culture, meet different people, understand the business dynamics. And, and, and I think that uh, it, it leads to a significant amount of growth uh, professionally and personally uh, for, for the individual and, and the families that are involved. So it's, it's, I would say it's a fantastic experience. It's something that if you ever have the opportunity, you should jump on it. And it will really enhance your overall learning and, and perspective.
0: Okay, our final question. What are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months?
1: Um, it's, it's really to continue the journey, um, to improve the analytics, uh, improve forecast accuracy, business partnership, and people development.
0: Amit Singhi, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you very much, Jack. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Hi, it's Jack. At CFO Thought Leader, we're interested in hearing from you. We want to find out what you would like to hear more of or less of, and so we've created an ever-so short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on CFOThoughtleader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, it's that time of year again. CFO Appreciation Day is quickly approaching, and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO Thought Leader Mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. We'll mail you our also coveted CFO Thought Leader Mug at zero cost. So visit us at cfothoughtleader.com and give us an earful. We would greatly appreciate it. Some rules and restrictions may apply.